0: Hey, John, welcome back to another working session. I got some feedback that it would be helpful to have an introduction to both of us at the beginning of each episode. Uh, Maybe we'll record one that we stitch on to the front of every episode going forward. But in the absence of that today, you're hearing the voice of James Sowers. I run Castaway. It's a done for you podcast repurposing service. And I'm talking to John Doherty, as always, who is running Editor Ninja.
1: Yeah, Editor Ninja is a subscription, unlimited, professional, on-demand content editing. (laughs) A lot of adjectives there, but basically we take content once it's been written and, you know, at this point been reviewed for subject matter correctness, we take it and get it across the finish line, editing it to brand adherence, you know, active voice, passive voice, whatever it is that the company needs, um, needs to edit it edited to. So basically we're trying to, just like some companies, Stripe talks about, they're trying to in- increase the, the GDP of the internet. We're trying to, to improve the quality of content being published on the internet. So businesses, you know, can be are more proud of it and can make more money.
0: Awesome. Well, that's us in a nutshell. And usually we kick things off with an icebreaker. John, you were kind enough to bring one for us this week, so I didn't have to think about it. And this is a thread from Patrick Campbell over at ProfitWell. And he's talking about, basically they dug into, they have a tons of data over there through their product database and they crunched some numbers and they're trying to measure how bad this looming recession will be that everybody's talking about and whether or not we should be concerned and start planning accordingly. So yeah, I glanced at it. I don't know how deeply you read it if you had any any thoughts already fleshed out, but what's your reaction to some of the data that was presented here in the thread, which we'll link in the show notes, of course.
1: Hey, let me just start off saying I really like Patrick. He's a really smart dude. You know, we've hung out a few times in person, really, really respect him. And I thought that overall this thread was was pretty good. And you know, I, I think it's important to be thinking about and talking about kind of what, what could happen as, you know, we're heading into the holiday season, but then like next year, you know, if stuff slows down, we're seeing a lot of, I'm just like craziness going on in like crypto markets and that sort of stuff. So there's just a lot of kind of unknowns right now. But basically my take on it, I mean, he kind of presents like what's going on with B2B right now. He kind of tries to say that B2B growth rates are are slowing you know, significantly. He said at a rate we haven't B two B revenue growth is slowing at a rate we haven't seen since the 2008 recession. Though the chart shows back to the beginning of 2019, so like I'm not sure where that 2008 comes from. But point is, people are are worrying about it more, right? They're they're spending less and and all of that. So the question is, what happens? You know, to uh, especially B two B businesses. And he basically presents six things that he he says people can do to conserve cash and to not lose, and then four ways that companies win in them. Basically, what he says is attack costs. So, don't spend on the, you know, stop spending on things that you're not using. Shore up customers. So, high, you know, lifetime value, super profitable customers, like work really hard to keep them. Accelerate cross-sells. So, cross-sell, upsell, offering additional services that you can do. If current segments aren't working out for you, stop marketing towards them. Look at different geographies, right? So, maybe you start, I don't know, Maybe Australia is doing well. And so you start like, you know, selling more to Australia than, you know, other countries that aren't doing as well. And they also said reduce discounts, which I thought was interesting because if someone does, someone signs up just for a discount over 20%, he said their lifetime value just absolutely plummets. So, you know, I, I think the big ones for me here are one is... Conserve cash, right? Make sure you have a fully funded business. So, you know, having some months of expenses, you know, in the bank. So, if you have a down month, a big customer churn, or something like that, you can, you know, you can weather it, and you're not not being able to pay to, you know, pay payroll and, and all of that. At, at this point, we're basically, you know, aiming to survive, right? Survive and and. But I do also think that if you're in a space like I think Editor Ninja is actually really well set up to grow quickly in this time because i'm seeing people laying off their editors people trying to cut costs right like full time editor that's not you know full up with work and so like we have an agency that's moving over to us that's literally going to save 75% on their content editing costs and we act, and we put out better work than they do than their current editor has so i think if you're if you're able to offer something for a better rate that companies have to keep on doing you, you're positioned to do really well versus if it's a new like speculative sort of thing, like I think things are really going to slow down because people aren't investing as much. That's my take just kind of from what from what Patrick has you know said and kind of what I've thought about. but what's your take on the current environment, James? Yeah, I think
0: it was an astute observation or at least a worthwhile thread in pointing out that like, yeah, B2B is probably going to be more sensitive than it has been in the past. And usually B2B businesses kind of weather these things a little bit better because their addressable market's bigger and therefore can absorb kind of fluctuation in the economy a little bit better than the consumer market. Uh, because you know, consumer tendencies change on a whim and businesses tend to operate a little slower and be a little bit more reasonable in terms of when they cut spending and things like that. But the point that really stood out to me is like cut all the experimental stuff first. So if you're trying to explore a new market segment or a new marketing channel and it's largely unproven, Like maybe just pause those experiments until we we see more about that and focus on the ideal client profile that you already know gets a ton of value and retain more of them, expand revenue inside of those accounts, strengthen and nurture those relationships so they're less likely to churn. That kind of stood out to me as like, maybe I don't want to take Castaway and move away from podcasting and try to do this personal branding angle. Like maybe I don't want to go through the the rigmarole of trying to educate somebody about why that would be valuable or whatever. Let's just sell more services to people running professional podcasts, you know? But I do think that Castaway might be slightly at risk in this market in that a lot of people struggle with attribution for their podcast. And the best clients already know that that's not a solid line. That's a dotted line. And people listen to your podcast and then they catch a Facebook ad and then they finally come through. But all of that goodwill was built up through the podcast that you've been publishing. There's no attribution that that draws it all the way back to the show as the original precipitating event that caused that purchase. So I think the less savvy clients for us may cut their podcast and by a result not need Castaway anymore. But since I'm planning on moving upstream anyway and focusing more on, you know, enterprise clients with bigger budgets and and you know less emotional investment in a direct line for attribution, I think we're gonna be okay. So I'm not I'm not too worried about that. The last thing I'll say is I like the the back half of the thread, which was really like, how do businesses thrive in recessions? And I think that's a great point to make there too. It's not just doom and gloom, cut expenses, cut all your company retreats and and things like that. It's more about like, okay how do we how do we actually succeed in an environment like this? And he laid out four points here about massively increasing leads. I think that's more about like, maybe you think about going freemium here and getting people in the door and getting as many users as you can, and then trying to figure out how to monetize that attention down the road because the person with the most users has the biggest pipeline, I guess, to try to convert revenue from. The other thing that he's talking about here is, You can actually draft off of customer anxiety about the future. So people are afraid of a recession, not in that they want to run away from it, but they they don't know what to do. So you can be kind of the educational authority that comes in and gives them those answers or gives them that action plan. And there's a, a huge amount of trust and authority that comes with being somebody that solves that problem for them or at least gives them food for thought. And then uh, they had a couple other, he had a couple other things in here about competitor strategies and, you know, people are going to be reevaluating. If you have a more expensive competitor in your market, you might want to be the affordable solution or the solution that has better customer support or, you know, concierge migration, some kind of differentiated value proposition to get somebody away from that incumbent competitor. And then the last one was get ready to increase prices, actually, which was a little counterintuitive, right? But there is some math. And if anybody's going to do the math, it's going to be Patrick about, Raising prices 20% and closing fewer deals actually brings you out ahead than, you know, being the more most affordable option in the market and converting more folks, but having higher churn or something like that. So, yeah, I guess that was my reaction. I don't know if there was any clarity to that thought that was more of a rambling response. But
1: And I would also add in like, I don't know if this is necessarily like a recession specific thing, but sometimes when... when Things turned down like what we saw at Credo when the, if you're first time listening, Credo is another business that I founded where we help companies find the right digital agency to work with, primarily digital marketing and development. But what we saw there was people, if they had kind of a specific, like they had their SEO agency and they had their PPC agency and they had their content agency and they had this design freelancer, like that kind of thing they kind of centralized everything under one, like they wanted to centralize under one roof just because like operational overhead and that sort of stuff. But once again, you know, these are still things that needed to happen, right? If they they kept marketing and a lot of businesses just stopped marketing, but if they kept marketing, if they grew through it because they're in e-com or remote work or whatever they they tried to just like operationalize everything just make it a lot more seamless and then we've i've kind of seen them get away from that a little bit more over the last couple of years and so it'll be interesting to see if that if that kind of happens again so i, I think it's actually worth considering and this is something i've been doing kind of i've been doing a lot of market research calls for editor ninja and really asking ourselves how can we go a bit broader with what our company does right like for castaway for example for you you know, you talk about repurposing podcasts, but I have heard a lot from people on these like market research calls about like, they also want someone that can take this content that's been produced, just written content that's been produced and just take it and repurpose it into link, like LinkedIn thread, th- LinkedIn post, Twitter threads, like that sort of stuff. Right. So that's like a section of what you do at Castaway. And so say you charge what? 1500 bucks a month, something like that to mm-hmm. repurpose like a, a podcast episode a week or something like that. Um, yeah, that's about right. What if you charge 500 bucks a month to repurpose, you know, already written content into these other like, you know, social assets, like text-based social assets, right? You don't have to do all the things that you've been doing, but that's like, if if you're already doing that and it's like 15% of what you do, how could you charge like 60% less than what you're charging to do everything, but you're offering substantially less, but it's something people really want. You know, and so you know, and and maybe just having options for people to be like, you know, what I'm, it's I actually don't have a podcast, but I have a really active blog, and I want to be promoting this stuff, you know, in this way. So, which also makes it cheaper for you to produce because you don't have to have video people and all of that. So, for Editor Ninja, it's been like, well, what does what does editing mean, right? And what and what do people really need? Different pieces of content need different levels of editing. Some need subject matter experts, some just need proofreading, some need SEO formatting, like that sort of thing. This can all be under editing right? So it's not just like right. we just do this, but it's like we do all of these things, you know, and you can kind of pick and choose which ones, you know, you, you need to do or you want to do kind of based off of subscription level and price and, and that sort of stuff. So I think that's something else that people should be thinking about. And I think it goes hand in hand with what Patrick was saying about like increasing leads. And I think he also talked about upsells and cross sells and that kind of thing. Like, you know, if, if you only offer a package at 1500 bucks a month to do all of these things and they just need half of it and you don't offer them a package to just do half of it, right. For a a third of the price, then basically you can lose that entire customer as opposed to like, they just go down. Right. But like you may get more profitable because you're not having to do all these other super operationally intensive things. So I thought it was really good advice overall, which shows cause he's had what 3000 some like likes on the thread. Like yeah. it's, it's good advice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Overall, I would say like, yeah, the opening comment there about this is the the worst recession or looming recession we've seen since two thousand eight. Like that's not really a surprise. That was kind of the last one we really had, you know. Like I don't know, things have been really good from about two thousand and ten on. So this being the biggest one, I don't know. If that's that's not particularly stand out. But but the truth is, like nobody really knows. They're, this is also kind of unprecedented in terms of like what's going on still in the Ukraine and everything, and and how that might shake out. But also we've got like this combination of inflation and a couple other things going on and. I don't know. It's just uh, it's it's not as clear cut as maybe past recessions have been. I think it's behaving a little differently. But I'm not an economist, so anyways, there's your there's your icebreaker for the week. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's your icebreaker for the week, and uh, let's hear the editor ninja updates, man. What's What's been going on since the last time when we talked?
1: Yeah, man, lots been going on. It's only been a has it been two weeks since we recorded? I don't even remember. That just. Kind of shows how busy I have uh, I have been. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like pretty. You can maybe hear it in my voice. Like I'm pretty tired today, but that's simply because I've just been working a lot and I've been working on new things that, that have been that have been really exciting. Also, just a lot going on personally. Like I think I mentioned, we bought a new house a few months ago, and so getting contractors lined up to come in when the the sellers who we've been running it back to move out. So been over there a couple nights a week, kind of getting people lined up, and we have got a hot tub coming up to the house in the mountains. And so I've been dealing with like some stuff around that and traveling, leaving tomorrow on a trip and then the holidays coming up. And so like just a lot of stuff going on right now in life. But I think I mentioned last time that I did, I was doing a lot of research interviews and kind of talking with people about what is editing to them and how does their workflow work and what are the different people that they have and who's doing those specific things right now. And really just trying to identify like across the industry, what are people doing? How are they doing it? And what are their main needs? And so we've, I've identified some of those. And so off of that, I've been working on just doing a a ton of like development stuff, like messaging, building new pages, new sales pages, that sort of stuff. None of this is live yet, but I have a new homepage that's basically ready to go with some like retooled messaging and, and some better messaging around like the pain points that people have. I'm going to be launching editor profiles soon. So, you know, people come and ask like, if we're hiring, like, Hey, you can create a profile. And then, you know, eventually we'll have a way for people to kind of look through that for subject matter, you know, expertise. And then it's also a great place for us to recruit out of for editors as we need like just proofreaders or we need whatever, managing editors, dedicated editors, like that sort of stuff. And yeah. So, you know, just, just been doing a, a ton of writing, ton of like, just kind of more creative work and, and just doing a lot of calls with people, which has been great. It's been really, really fun just to like connect with people. And it's, it's funny, man. Like it's something I did not do nearly enough at Credo and something I'm trying to do a lot more at Editor Ninja, especially in these early days, just to really identify what do we need to build? And so I feel like I know what we need to build, which is great. And so I'm working on building that now, which is cool. But also some of these calls have, I mean, they've, they've been straight up research calls. I tell them at the start, this is not a sales call. Like, I just want to know what you do. And we get to the end and they're like, wait, but so Editor Ninja does this and does this and does this. I'm like, yeah, we do all of those things. They're like, so I don't have to do that anymore. I'm like... No, if you use us, you don't have to do that anymore. And they're like, "Can I have a sign up link?" <laughs> so it's like turned into like customer, like customer acquisition and like customer development, which is. Which is a uh, which is pretty cool, and seeing people get excited about it and be like, "Oh man, that's so cool!" Or like, dude, if you could solve this problem for me, like, I would pay you so much money. So it's been really like energizing seeing people getting excited about it, and you know, like build, working on building something that people are excited about using. So that's been that's been really really cool. And then just on the you know on, on kind of the sales and marketing side, like our SEO traffic is kicking up, which is great. We're ranking pretty well already for some of our main terms, and seeing some uh, you know demos and and that sort of stuff off of that and you know lead flow is back it's it's cool like i i shifted up our messaging about a month ago and really you know move from the like optimistic future looking stuff to like save money save time like those sorts of things and and demos demos and sales and new customers you know has has come back which was cool and you know I think I actually wrote a thread last week on on Twitter which didn't get as much like traction as I hoped it would but like the caliber of people retweeting it and replying to it and dming me about it and that kind of thing it was like People that I really respect and it's like, okay, like I'm talking on the right level and other people are seeing this too. So even though it, I think it got like eight likes or something like that, but had some pretty awesome people sliding into my DMs to talk about it. So that was cool. And basically like got a bunch of people on the, on the bubble to close into customers. If we do that, then we basically doubled MRR since the end of September. Which is pretty cool. So in a couple of months, doubled MRR. We're about to hit a million words edited this year. I think we'll end up around one point one million edited in our first year, which is pretty cool. And uh, about to cross fifty k in collected cash over the course of the year. So yeah, like the the numbers are good, and you know it's it's exciting to to work on at this point. But something I'm going to be shifting up, which I would love your take on. Well, actually, before I get into that, well, maybe. Before I, we could talk about like the new conversion flow I'm going to I'm going to be rolling out that I'd love your take on do you want to do your update first or should we kind of jump into that for a few minutes
0: you know I was just going to say like I love the the customer research stuff that you've been doing and like Every time I do that, I do a round of those. I'm like, I just need to have a set office hours period on my calendar that's always open or at least always reserved for somebody to book. And like, put that in my email signature and just be like, when I send a castaway email, like right there, it says, Hey, do you want to just chat about podcasting stuff or content repurposing or content strategy? You can book here. And it's open like noon to one every single Wednesday. And hopefully, those stay pretty steadily booked. Cause to your point, like, it's just great to have a finger on the pulse of like, you know, what, what everybody's thinking and decision-making criteria. And sometimes those things end up being closed sales. Like the best sales relationships I've had, they're basically super friendly, super consultative. And then at the very end, they're like, so are you going to pitch me? I was like, well, I wasn't really planning on it, but if you want to hear the pitch, I'll give it to you. Like that wasn't the whole purpose of this conversation. I was just trying to be helpful, but you know, if you do it the right way and there's alignment there, most of the time people are just like expecting you to pitch them. And if you don't, they're kind of like, what's going on? Like, what are the details? Where do I sign up? Like, how would I start with this? So I don't know. It sounds like you're doing all the right things. I guess that was more of a reaction to your update, but to answer your question, like, I'm happy to get into the conversion flow thing. Now let's, let's talk about that as like the next effort.
1: Yeah. So this is, I mean, the, the next effort is rolling out like all the technical stuff that I've done live. (laughs) So it's going to be a big update. I'm like, because I'm heading out to Disney tomorrow. I'm like, Do I risk like doing it today and something going wrong, like people not being able to submit a form or something like that, right? Stuff being broken that I can't fix till next week because I'm going to be at Disney for five days. But after that, basically, the reason why I've been thinking about this is like, you know, we're a small team, right? And I'm doing most of the marketing, the sales, all of that stuff, tapping some like WordPress developers and such for some more advanced things. But I was looking at my calendar recently. And was like, because of all these things that I have going on and all the market research calls I've been doing and all of that, I just haven't had really many available spaces at all for sales calls, for editorial assessments is what we call them. And so I was talking with Chris Lima about this recently and was basically just trying to figure out like, okay, how do I get, how do I get more time for these? And basically I've come to the realization that like, I mean, I've done, we just were tabulating this up before, you know, you and I hopped on live here and I've done about 35 to 40 sales calls in the last 6 months. Let's say I've done 70 sales calls this year, right? I've heard all the questions and I've had a few people that have just like over the over the last few months I've just signed up like after a you know quick back and forth by email or something like that, you know, they're like, "Oh, I'll just can you just give me the link? I'll just go ahead and sign up." And so basically what I'm planning to do, man, is change up our conversion flow so that, you know, people that are ready to sign up, they click basically the get started button somewhere on the site or learn more today or go from the pricing page or whatever. And they're dropped to a video, right? Where I'm just like welcoming them and explaining a couple of things. And, you know, and then there's kind of an option for like sign up now, which would probably take them to like how many pieces of content are you producing per month right now, you know? 1 to 15, 15 to 30, that kind of thing. That's kind of where like the, the breakpoints are for our pricing. And then they can just go ahead and sign up. If they have more questions, they can click, you know, I have more questions and drop them to another video where I explain, you know, deeper kind of the common questions that we get. If they still have more questions from there, then they can asynchronously chat me. So I think I'm going to use zip message. Shout out, to, shout out to Brian Castle. I know you've used Zip message. I've used it over the year, over the last year or so as well. And we just do kind of an async sort of like conversation. But if they're, you know, they have some deeper questions and we need to hop on a call, I can pop them to Savvy Cal or maybe I just get them answered. I get their questions answered right there and I pop them the sign up link. They get signed up and I don't even, you know, I don't have to hop on a sales call. So this is the way to like kind of scale signups and, and acquisition without like having to keep my calendar open, right? When I'm like working on other things or like planning on working on something that's important in in the product or in the service, but I get a sales call booked. And so I have to shift like, you know, to that, like that kind of thing. So yeah, I guess I'm curious about like your take on, you know, on that flow. And is there anything you would do differently?
0: Yeah. I like where your head's at with this. And I think you're doing it at the right time. I think I'm actually probably doing it backwards because I started with the the asynchronous, like just contact me via zip message. I think that was a limitation of having a full-time job and not being able to, You know, do sales calls all day long because I have a nine to five. So I started using Zip Message right out of the gate. But most people still want to talk on the phone. And as I was mentioning before we kick this off, like, I think that to me is a reflection of something on my service page is not 100% perfect, right? Like, there are unanswered questions, unaddressed needs from the service page that should have been handled. I mean, I guess you could assume that people just don't read it, which is. Fair. A lot of people just don't read, but for the ones that do, like it didn't answer all their questions, and that's why they're asking for a call. So I need to go fix that core issue uh, first. But you did it the other way around, where it's like, hey, I did the manual labor of getting on the phone quite a bit and talking to these people. I learned a lot. Now I have kind of those FAQs, for lack of a better term, and I can build that asynchronous sales experience using all that raw material. I guess my question is, like, how do you plan to deliver the videos? Or is it going to be like? click a button to start this. It takes you to a landing page. There's a video at the top. Do you still have questions? Here's zip message is option A, schedule a call is option B, whatever. Like where do those things live? Because I'm thinking you may want to have record the video, but then have it transcribed and still have written FAQs underneath because people skim those headings. They skim those H2s. Mm -hmm. And they're like, the one question I have is question three. I don't want to watch the eight minute video. I just want to read the hundred words that you wrote in response to question three.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, good, good question. So, I mean, it'll be an embedded video on a page somewhere. I'll probably just keep it just for like sake of simplicity, just keep it on the slash demo page, right? Cause I could say, Oh, it's a, it's a recorded demo, maybe have some FAQs underneath of it, but video is only going to be like 60 seconds, max 90 seconds, like pretty quick, you know, explain what we do just because sometimes I just have to explain the like, you know, unlimited content editing service. Here's what that means. Right. Even though people are like, I like to think that people are pretty like aware of the model just because design pickle has become so well known in our space but like there are a lot of people that are not familiar with it it's probably 50% of people i talk to don't know design pickle cuz i ask them are you familiar mm-hmm. with design pickle and half are like no i'm like okay well let me explain kind of what the model what how it works so basically explaining some of those like basic things i may have some faqs Underneath, because I, I have kind of like some stock FAQs that people, you know, normally ask that I could like put those in there and have like, but basically the plan is like have a video, 60, 90 seconds, underneath of it, two different buttons. One is, you know, I'm I'm like sign up now, and the other one is I have more questions, right? Then they click I have more questions, it pops into another video on zip message, like a zip message landing page with an embedded video, and then they can start a conversation from there is yeah. basically the the plan. I've just become and obviously i'm going to test it right so maybe i think i'm going to roll it out first with just a video see how that does and then maybe i can test like adding in some faqs i just know that from just from experience you know with with credo which has dramatically more traffic than than editor ninja does though we're pushing a few thousand a month of visitors through editor ninja right now just when you put things like testimonials or faqs or something like that like on a page where you want them to take action a lot fewer people take action. They scroll down and they're looking at things or getting distracted and they're clicking around and, and all of that. I'd rather keep them focused. So,
0: you know who does this really well? Jeff Roberts from Outsetta. Are you familiar with him and, and the team over there? I am familiar with Outsetta. I am not familiar with Jeff himself. I think Jeff's title is CEO or founder, but they they have a page and I'll send it to you if you haven't seen it, but it's outsetta.com slash sales pitch. And there's a hyphen in there between sales and pitch for the URL structure. Um, but they, they literally have a landing page with their sales pitch for like why Outseta, basically the problem statement, why, why we pursued this problem and we decided to build a solution, why Outseta exists and how we address that problem, who it's a good fit for. Like they have that all spelled out. But in the top half of that page, they have this checklist that's basically like if you are exploring a solution that will help you. add memberships to your site or handle your SaaS subscriptions or something like that without having to build a custom Stripe integration. Here are the things you should do. And like checkmark number one is read our sales pitch. Number two is watch our co-founders deliver a product demo. So that's basically your sales deck that you would have in that phone conversation anyway. You're just doing it one time for everybody to watch at their leisure. Then it says, hear what other successful founders say, learn about our common use cases. And then the very last one is want to talk to us. You can always book a one-on-one call. So I think that would be kind of a really smart implementation is basically like Here's the sales pitch. You want the sales pitch for Editor Ninja? Here it is. And here are all the different ways that we can fit into your life cycle, maybe based on your role or whatever the case may be. But if you have questions... You've already read the sales pitch. Next step would be to watch this sales demo or product pitch or service pitch, whatever. Read some testimonials or case studies if you have them. And then, if you still have un- unaddressed needs, book a one-on-one call. And that might be like you can do it asynchronously if you like. We use Zip Message there, or if you prefer real time, uh, I have a few slots open per week. And then you can kind of cap those into a Savvy Cow or whatever tool you use. Like I don't want to do any more than four face-to-face sales calls in a week. So you know you could limit that in the back end settings, and they just have to book out farther into the future
1: hmm. No, this is cool. I yeah. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'm going to study this. It looks like uh, it looks really, really cool. On to you, man. What's going on with Castaway? Yeah, let's get into that. Last time we talked, I think I shared the update about acquiring productized scale
0: and how that was a big bet for me. But uh, I think it's planting the flag in the ground for a personal brand around productized services. And I think there's some overlap with Castaway. There might be some leads for Castaway in the productized and scale community uh, and vice versa. So we announced that ownership transfer to the audience over there at Productize and got a lot of positive feedback, a lot of congratulatory messages, a lot of familiar faces in there. So uh, the team over at Bean Ninjas I've done some work with in the past, and there were a handful of other folks who run Productize services that were like, hey, I know you. So, so that was really cool to kind of reconnect with those folks. And, uh, you know, the thing I'm wrestling with there is maybe this is a first talking point is historically, like a lot of education or info product businesses, Productize and Scale has done most of its revenue during a Black Friday promotion, and so as somebody who literally just took over and has no real like rapport or clout or, or goodwill built up in this community, I'm wrestling with like the best way to maybe do a Black Friday promotion. I mean, the product's still good. The product is still what it has already always been. And if it was valuable last year, it's valuable again this year. It just doesn't maybe doesn't feel great to buy it and then immediately launch into a sales promotion. But that's just kind of the timing of how the transaction worked out. So I don't know if you have any reactions to that. But I'm kind of wrestling with like, is it morally sound to just do that right out of the gate? Or is that something where like, maybe I should just hold off on that and do something, you know, early next year after I've sent out a few newsletters and, and made a few other actions happen, right to, to get my name and face in front of people.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think it's not morally sound. I would actually just go ahead and do it. I mean, it's very common when someone like buys a new you know product or business or whatever to like the first thing, I mean, when private equity buys a business, they raise prices <laughs> almost always. Right. Yeah. So, you know, th- this is a, uh, if, if this wasn't something that had been done before at the business, I would say like, I would kind of second, like, question it but i i don't i i would do it i would do it let me be very clear about that i think it would be a yeah i i mean it it could be a nice new like infusion of stuff right and if no one is if people haven't signed up to it before and they're just you know becoming a productized service owner like that sort of stuff like it's a chance for you to also start like getting people in that like weren't there when brian you know was running it or when sam was running it right you kind of start like planning your own flag and putting your own like stamp on the, on the community.
0: Okay, cool. That's reassuring. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was kind of leaning that way, but it did maybe not feel hundred percent morally sound to just come in and immediately do this kind of, it's not a money grab, but I could see how it'd be perceived that way. Right. So that's, that's helpful. Let's see other news, close two new clients. So one was one of the boomerang clients I mentioned last time they had worked with us in a, they did a test project with us, decided to go with another provider, They weren't happy with that provider, came back to see if we were available. That ended up working out. So we kick off with them in December. And so the other one was someone who originally reached out in September and then said they needed some more time to wind down with their current provider, their in-house person who's, well, it's a freelancer, but working as part of their team who's been doing it. So that timeline was starting to drag out. Uh, Two or three follow-ups later, you know, somebody had travel and yada, yada. I finally sent the magic email. I don't know if you're familiar with the magic email, but it's basically like, um, after you get no response for all, it's like, I'm going to assume your priorities have changed and this is no longer uh, of interest to you. So I'm just going to stop following up and you let me know if, if anything changes on your end, we'll be happy to have you back. So it's basically like a breakup email. And, uh, you know, mm. I'm like almost a hundred percent conversion when I have to send that out with a client. And of course they were like, James, we're in like, let us know what we need to get started. Let's make this happen. You know, maybe by the end of the month or early in December. So, so that's really good to see because, uh, I don't know, those I, I don't like to be forceful. I'm, I'm always very friendly in like sales follow-ups, but you know, conventional wisdom is like follow-up until you hear no. And um, I feel like I'm pestering somebody to every couple of weeks be like, Hey, what's the status here? You know, can I answer any questions? That kind of thing. And, you know, coming up on the end of the year as people look at budgets and stuff, I figure it can't hurt to just be like, I'm gonna assume that this isn't a priority or something's changed. That's totally cool. If you change your mind and you wanna work together again, like feel you know where to find me but i'm going to stay out of your inbox for a little bit and pretty much universally they end up either signing on or very rarely saying like we're just not going to do this at all anymore you know so kudos yeah. to the magic email
1: i've not heard of that magic email before i've used dean jackson's nine word email many times about like you know hey so and so are you are you still looking for editing services are you still looking for podcast repurposing that kind of thing but I've not actually sent that magic breakup email before. I am going to incorporate that now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can get you a more. It sounds a lot better.
0: Like I don't have a template, but I forget exactly how it's worded, but there is kind of a formula for it. And it's like polite and respectful, but also, you know, just a little like, hey, I'm, I'm dropping this conversation because I'm going to assume something's changed on your end. There's no hard feelings, but if you want to come back, we'll be here. So yeah, I've, I've had really good results from it. Awesome. let will see, the last update is... I'm thinking about adding on-demand services. I know we have an entire episode where we did an icebreaker around like on-demand versus subscription and stuff like that. Basically, what this would entail is having a services drop down in the main navigation that would be purely like convert podcast to blog post, convert podcast to email newsletter, convert podcast to social media posts, convert podcast to video clips, whatever. Like each of those components of a full service castaway package would be listed out and you'd be able to buy just one segment of that. So lower price, lower scope, more discretionary, like maybe I just want to buy six podcasts to blog post conversions because I have six episodes and all I want to do is make those blog posts. I don't want to be on social media. I'm not on social media. I don't want to convert them to YouTube videos. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to take this audio format and turn it into a blog post so that I can get some SEO juice from it or whatever I'm trying to do. I have some concerns about that because there are more moving parts and and things like that. But At the same time, I think the uptake rate on something like that will be higher than, say, a $1,500 a month subscription where people feel like they constantly have to be churning out new episodes to keep up and, and get the value from the service. The other thing I like about this is it helps me test providers. So contractors in a kind of low risk way where it's like, I don't have to bring a contractor in to work on a subscription for four episodes a month indefinitely. I can bring a contractor in to convert this one podcast episode into this one blog post. And if it doesn't work out, just try somebody else for the next one, right? So I don't know, what are your reactions? Have you thought about, I know you have kind of a a blend of on-demand, like get this article edited versus subscription. So how has that worked out for you at Editor Ninja?
1: I mean, I, I think it's something you should test for sure. I mean, it's kind of what I was saying there at the start of like, you know, kind of building out these micro like options. And and sometimes people really just want to see, you know, what what it is that that you're capable of doing. You know, they're like, I don't want to sign up for a $1,500 a month package. I, I just want to, I want to see like, the quality of the like podcast into five different social media clips or something like that. And I've also used it at Editor Ninja for people that book a call with me and they're like, well, we're not quite sure, can we see what you do? I'm like, sure, you can get a single document done. And by the way, I'll give you the friend discount. Here's the, here's the code for 15% off, right? And so got, I've closed quite a few customers off of that where they get a document or two done first, And then they sign up ongoing because they're like, wow, I can, you know, I basically spent two thirds of, you know, what I would spend for a, for a subscription on three documents and I can get like five X that done for just a little bit more money, you know, every month And I'm putting, you know, all of this, all this content out. So I think, I think it's definitely uh that you should test. And honestly, man, maybe even just, just let people like check out for it. Right. 69 yeah. bucks or 150 bucks, $149 or something like that, you know, to do this thing. Right. I mean, I was saying at the start, I get people asking me for like, well, can y'all also repurpose like this blog content into LinkedIn posts and, and this sort of thing. Like, Maybe you should test that out. Right. And just let people like kind of do those specific things. And just, you're just carving off parts of this whole th- this thing that you're selling as a whole kit, you're carving off parts of it and charging more for that individual part. And people are okay with that because they're spending less money because they don't need the other things. I think you should absolutely do it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. That's good to hear. And I think it aligns with Patrick's thread from the beginning is like, as people, you know, if the economy does struggle for a little bit and people are looking to cut budget, would I rather have them cut the entire $1,500 subscription or reduce it down to, you know, three components that collectively are still $500 a month or roughly $500 a month? Like I'd rather retain some portion of that than lose the whole subscription because that's the only offering that exists, you know? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Last thing is kind of related to that. So I'm probably misusing this term. So don't shout at me too loud, but I'm thinking about, I'm calling it programmatic SEO. Uh, I think this stemmed from, I saw a keyword the other day that's pretty attractive. That's like TikTok editor, I think, or TikTok agency. And I've never really thought about Castaway that way, but our customers might describe us that way. Like I'm just looking for somebody to make my podcast blow up on TikTok. And I want to chop every episode into these little 60 second clips. Like they might call that service a TikTok editor but it might be a person on Upwork and it might be Castaway. And so I'm thinking about like, how many variants of that are there? Are there TikTok editor, YouTube Shorts editor, Instagram Reels editor? And does it make sense to have a a pretty simplistic landing page for each of those that isn't necessarily displayed prominently in the footer or the primary navigation, but is indexable and can show up in search results? I think it's a fairly obvious, like if you have the resources to make this happen, you might as well test it. I'm wondering if there are any best practices or any gotchas that I should be on the lookout for? Because I'm assuming that through work at Zillow or any of your past experiences, even at Credo, like you've done something similar to this and and would probably be able to accelerate the learning curve for me there.
1: Yeah. I've done a lot of this over the years. I mean, my, my focus for SEO for the last like five, six years that I was very large website. So million plus pages in Google's index. And that's all programmatic SEO. Even Credo is like, we have like 5,000-ish category pages. And that's all just, a lot of those are built programmatically. We're not like building them one off. You can't go in and like edit one specifically to like change this thing on this one specific landing page, right? It's like a bunch of stuff, kind of a bunch of taxonomies and such kind of mashed together and... Boom! You blow out the the pages. It has its pluses and its minuses. I think for a lot of these, I mean, what you're what you're really talking about is like, I don't. This isn't really programmatic SEO. It's more just like building specific landing pages for you know individual services or you know yeah, convert podcast to blog post, convert podcast to YouTube, that kind of thing. Like I would just build out a you know in in WordPress or or whatever. You know the way I would do it is I would build out like an Elementor template in WordPress and then create one of those pages and then clone it. And then change it to, you know, podcasts from podcast to blog posts to podcast to YouTube, you know, sort of thing. Like I took my like you know, editor ninja for agencies. And then I cloned that. And then editor ninja for content teams. I rewrote some of the content, They're individual pages. I can update them individually because they're kind of talking to different needs. But I think, I do think building out pages, you should build out pages like that around these like specific, you know, specific terms. You know, I think like the, like the TikTok editor one is interesting. I just searched that and there's a lot of like SAS tools. So it's like Mm -hmm. Veed and companies like that, but maybe it's like but I bet there are some people that are searching for like you know yeah free, freelance TikTok editors right like Hormozy style edit you know video editing like sort of stuff you know you can even you can even say that like on your page you know people are probably like seeing that so I I mean I think you should build out these pages for sure you could probably rank for them you know pretty well just make sure that you have. This is where like, I wouldn't do this unless you're going to do the like on demand services, right? Like yeah. that's when it would make sense to to do this individually. Part of what I'm doing with, with editor ninja is like c- copy editing, you know, proofreading like that kind of thing. It's like, you can do all of these for a spe- specific piece of content on a subscription, you know? So it's not like quite like on demand, like just get one proofread, but it makes it clearer. Like this is how you get this done on this service. But for yours, I think it's because you're high enough priced, I think I would have a way for people just to get one or two done. Maybe you sell a package of them, get three done or something like that. You know, let people kind of choose how many they want to buy. And then if they've done a bunch and they're really happy with it, then you can potentially get them into a subscription, right? That's when you hop on a phone call, not before.
0: Yeah. I think they they go hand in hand. i have get some kind of an a la carte or an on-demand service catalog that people can pick from. Ideally, I can build some kind of like bundle builder where you can just kind of... Pick from the menu of what you want to eat tonight, so to speak, for repurposing and check out as one collective package. And then hopefully we can have some analytics around that and be like, well, this person has purchased on demand services from us. 15 times and their average amount is a thousand dollars or something. So like they might be good to automatically reach out to about a sales call for a subscription. Like it's only a little bit more and you could get all this extra and put it on autopilot, that kind of thing. But yeah, this was largely inspired by, by you. And because I see the use cases drop down in the editor ninja navigation where it's like use cases for agencies, content teams, bloggers, sales teams, that kind of thing. And also by uh client boost, which is a company that starts with a K. So Client Boost spelled with a K at the front end, but their footer, they've got PPC agency, Facebook ads agency, SEM agency, SEO agency, email marketing agency. It's all the same company. They're all selling client boost services, but because they're a full service firm, they have these dedicated landing pages for somebody who's looking for a specific solution. And I think that's kind of the direction I'm proposing to go is like, what do you want to do with your podcast? Do you want to make it blow up on TikTok? Do you want to get it on YouTube? Do you want to start a newsletter for subscribers to give them kind of bonus content or show notes? Like we can do all of those things, but it's much harder to sell somebody a holistic subscription than it is to just solve that one particular use case that they're looking to have addressed. So yeah, I think that's where all this comes from. And I think it'll probably take me to the end of the month to, to do both the on-demand services and start experimenting with some of these templated pages. But hopefully you know, in a couple of episodes, I'll have a good update there for you and be able to point to something that's live.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, and you know, and it takes a couple of months usually for these things to, you know, Google to really pick them up and trust them and start ranking them and and that kind of thing. So it's definitely a you know few month play, but maybe by like January, February, you'll be starting to starting to see stuff. One thing you could do is you know you could write like a piece of content instead of like a like a landing page, write something around like how to hire an editor for your TikTok content, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that, like write blog posts because Google really kind of prioritizes those these days because someone searching for TikTok editor. They're also looking for like how to edit TikTok videos and how to, yeah, it's just the informational stuff. Google will still rank for like head terms as well. So maybe something to consider as well. Awesome. Cool. Well, I think that'll that'll wrap things up for today. Uh,
0: as always, you know, show notes and anything we reference can be found at workingsessions.fm. And just a reminder, we are over on YouTube now, so you can find that at youtube.com forward slash at working sessions is the new branded handles that they just rolled out recently. So we're over there. John, as always, thanks so much for your insight and your expertise, man. We'll look forward to checking in with you again in a week or two after you get back from that trip.
1: Thank you, James. Appreciate it. See you later, everyone.